Welcome to the Deconstruction Zone. Uh, Emily, talk to us about the story of Jonah. What do you think about it? We're just jumping right in. Jumping in. Um, Well, I always grew up hearing about it. That is the best VeggieTale movie is the Jonah movie. I didn't even know it was VeggieTale. For sure. Um, Because they like play go fish to decide who has to like jump off the boat. And it's funny. It's really funny. Anyway. Um, I guess I just always thought that it was literal and, but here's the thing. (laughs) I always thought it was literal. Honestly, never gave it a second thought, but I think the cool part about Jonah that people overlook, feel free to steal this, is that the book of Jonah was written by Jonah. And so even though he kind of comes off not great and you're like, what an asshole. You're like, then it's like, oh, but like that was as a Calvinist, that was like, yeah, he realized how terrible he was, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I think it's cool that there's a self-awareness there and that, like, he's writing the story and he's he doesn't paint himself necessarily super well. Yeah. Self-aware autobiography. What do you think about it? Uh, little context for any of our listeners and right. viewers. We were just talking. There's no context. We were, I was, I'm preaching on Jonah this weekend mm-hmm. uh, at the well. And I said something about, you're like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, how it's a literal story. And then he said, I, I hate, hate you. you. <laughs> uh, so for me, I I don't need it to be. I yeah. So kind of similar, actually. I've never really thought about it that way. But I think your default was like, you just assumed it was literal. And so you never thought it could be anything else. I I think two probably have been like, this happened and is literal. But like, I think the whole story is bigger than like it being like does this guy get swallowed by a really big fish is it a whale is it a giant tuna what it like i think there's lots of things that are interesting about the story that i find more interesting than like Mm. is it true or not yeah for sure and it's also total messianic foreshadowing of like seeing like it's a it mirrors or it foreshadows jesus you know, being, being in the tomb for three. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> I liked it. Um, <laughs> like Jesus being in the tomb for three mm-hmm. days and then getting shot out. <laughs> Do you did you always assume that Jonah got like shot out from the blowhole of the whale? No. That he thought... was like <laughs> fell I kinda the... thought he got barked out. I fully thought it was the blowhole. I don't think blowholes are that big. <laughs> I, and I really so. don't like continuing to say blowhole, <laughs> yeah. but um uh, I think well, that's what it's called, though. I think that is what it's called. I think so. Um, well, I welcome think... to the deconstruction zone. Emily. Can I, I? I need to say one more thing no. about Jonah. Yeah. The song at the end of the Veggie Tales movie is the best, and my siblings and I used to sing it all the time. Jonah was a prophet, ooh ooh, but he really never got it. Sad but true. If you watch it, you can spot it. A doodly doo. He did not get the point. There you go. I like that. He never got the point um hopefully we can use that and copyright infringements don't take it down i think it's like that was less than 15 seconds right yeah we used a clip from the office they got flagged on youtube it did yeah i had to cut it out i had to trim it out when i put it up there you don't have to cut it out just warned you they told me to take it out so i'm a rule follower took it, took the whole thing down. emily we are off topic how are you doing let's check in emily check in but i'm down ciao Um, I'm doing fine. I I mean, it's April. 
And so school – so I got in trouble at work today. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, so I like it. You're saving some things for the show. I didn't know about this. Yeah. Uh, I did, Well, I'm honestly flying by the seat of my pants <laughs> on what I was going to talk about. So, um, yeah, maybe Emily's update might not be spiritual this time if that's okay. Sure. Um, but so the kids aren't allowed to go to the bathroom usually. <laughs> so, like, Just we can't. All day. Yeah, they have to go in between classes. Mm. Then we go on no walk zones. And so all that. But then. I think that high schoolers should be allowed to just go to the bathroom because they're 17. So what I say is <laughs> you can leave. I can't give you the pass and you can't tell them where you came from <laughs> because <laughs> I don't want it to come back to me. Yeah, And they're like totally you. fine. So, And I appreciate that they're communicating because their other option is to just walk out of class. And so the fact that they say, hey, can I walk out is kind of sweet. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. Um, and I was like, but you, you can't rat me out. And they're like, Miss Zell, we would never rat you out. And I was like, mm, you guys get me. And so anyway, but then the principal was like, if it's a no walk zone, why are all these kids walking in the hallway? Were they all your kids? Half. <laughs> <laughs> and so he asked the, these, like the hall monitors, who are all, where are all these kids coming from? And they said, Miss Zell. And then one more teacher. <laughs> and so... Then I got in trouble. Like a lot of trouble or just like a slap on the wrist? The, he was, the principal was just like, dude, like they can't leave. Like, I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. He was No, he was pretty mad. Oh, okay. He told the other teacher, why don't you guys just want to do your jobs? Dang. So I thought that was kind of intense. Was this your first time getting in trouble as a teacher? So I get in trouble a lot actually. But <laughs> I, I just do like, I don't know. I'm figuring it out. But then I'm always the source. So, Okay. They'll send out mass emails to the whole staff as reminders of things to not do. And I've always just done whatever the email is. And so it's kind of like a running joke with my department now. Like, so like if there's an email, it's because you just did He literally it. walked in. We got an email. Um, and <laughs> my department chair walked in and he was like, was that you? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes the principal will be like, there is a teacher like in the staff meeting. One teacher <laughs> let the students out two minutes early today. Just, I have proof on camera. And I was like, I get it. I get I get it. What I did. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't say, like, leave after two minutes. They just walked out. Mm. Also, I don't hear very well. So sometimes if an announcement goes out, they'll be like, they said everyone can leave. And I'll be like, oh, Great. see you guys. Oh, manipulation. It it's fine. It's... They manipulate me a lot. I told them they were gaslighting me today. Because I was, like, telling them that they needed to, like, listen to me. And they were like, mm. why are you in such a bitchy mood? And I was like, no, I'm not going to be gaslighted today. And they were like, oh, my God, Miss Zell learned a new word. And now she won't stop using it. That's pretty funny. So, yeah, that's, I don't know. You got I, in trouble at work. That's your check-in. Um, yeah. But other than that, I feel like I'm just kind of, like, head to the ground trying to get through to May, mm. to the end of May. Okay. Um, I just listened to last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Just too. came out, uh, and I thought it was really interesting. And I was reflecting on your check-in last week because it was like that was right after you'd come to the well. Yes. Um, you also just told me you had uh, Monday movie night with your friends, a lot of which are like well people. And so I just I'm interested because sometimes I think people that are like whether they're deconstructing or they're like I don't want to be in church or anywhere in that spectrum they kind of like 
they completely disassociate mm, from that community. Mm. Like, so maybe we wouldn't be friends anymore, but like right. you have several people in your sphere that are like very connected to that. And so I don't know that we've really talked about that, but what has anything been hard about that or why, or why have you chose to do that? Cause I think it's an interesting thing to have done to like still have that sphere be your sphere. And yeah. I don't know if it's abnormal, but it's like, I read a lot That's of messages from people and they're like, I don't have any of my friends anymore. And even like episode 10, you were like, all my friends are gone. Like, I'm lonely. I don't have any friends. Like, you were in the friend rebuilding process. Yes. And so your people are kind of still church people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what is, like, I don't have a really defined question, but what, what's, no, that, what's that all about, sister? Um, they, I mean, I would say they've always stayed, like, my closest friends, even when I stopped going. And I think yeah. that that was, like, something that we said a lot is, like, your friendship shouldn't be based around church attendance and so i think because we were very explicit about that like i think that that kind of stayed the same it obviously it's different like i think when you take a step back from church you realize and i even think like i realize it's like yours and my friendship that um it's just like different when you don't automatically see someone every sunday like there's just a it's a quick check-in with friends like yeah you know what i'm saying and so i think it made it like you had to be a little more intentional but it hasn't been an issue per se there's like one person in the group he'll who will just always be like, all right, everyone's like going to pray, except for Emily the atheist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> Which is kind of funny. But um, yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's been fine and it hasn't, I haven't really felt pressure. Like they're just, I feel a lot of, I was talking to them too and they were like, like they really, we really trust each other in our own spiritual journeys a lot in a sense that like, we don't always give a lot of like concrete advice and we just kind of listen and ask questions because we think the other person will like get to where they need to be. Mm. And I think that's a really healthy environment. And I don't think all church spaces are like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. You have a good group around you that probably makes it easier to not have to feel like you have to like push the eject button and jump out. Right. Absolutely. Like if they were just like, wow, Emily sucks and (laughs) you're losing your mind, then I probably wouldn't hang out with them. Which you have some of those, like you had those spheres kind of. Um, but you were even saying like you're, and this is maybe, maybe this isn't true, but I feel like over the last couple of months, I keep hearing you talk about like you're re-engaging with some of your friends from your old life too. Like some of yeah. those people are like stepping back in a little bit. Yeah. Medium. Like, I, yeah. like cool friend, you know, you gotta yeah. be, I don't want it to come off as like, you should just completely be all about it because I think there is a level of like boundaries for your own mental health and sometimes like safety, but like. I also think, yeah, I think realize, I think learning that you can be friends with someone and talk about something else other than religion is, like, kind of nice. Because mm. <laughs> I think that's kind of what it has to be with the friend, with, like, old friends. Yeah. Or if they ask, I just am kind of like, oh, no, I'm freaking it out. And then just kind of, I'm not, I don't, uh, yeah. Yeah. Has that been hard? Because I don't know if we've talked about this before, like, trying to, like, repopulate your toolbox of conversational things. Like, because it was, like... It was religion, faith, performed the all like all of those things. That mm-hmm. was like your, I mean, that was the funny part of the last episode. You talked about your first frat party, like going <laughs> to that, yeah. and uh, like you're like shaking hands and you're networking and like, what do you want to do with your life, right? Yeah, what's your dream? Yeah, and so, but it seems like, <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong, but like, was it hard rebuilding a new toolbox of like things to talk about with people, or was that, did that come easier than you expected? Um, I think it is still hard, and I feel like with like my well friends it still always like ends up leading back to a conversation about spirituality. Yeah. Like, are someone... you opposed to that or do you No, like I it? love it. I, yeah, that's yeah. my ideal. Okay. Um, 
like someone, I don't even remember what someone said, but someone just said something. And then like two of us at the same time were like, and that's what enlightenment is. And I'm just like, I just love that that was the vibe of the hangout. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I think it's always something that I like want to talk about, but I do also think you learn like, because I needed the break. And so I also needed the break in conversation, like not just in my own mind. And so it's it can start to feel more shallow. Like it can be like, um, oh, we're just talking about like my, our jobs or things like that. But it sure. also, I don't know. I think I think you just kind of figure it out. <laughs> but I will say, I did go to a PCA wedding this weekend. Okay, and that was interesting. Yeah, pretty, pretty rough, honestly. Like in terms of like the messaging or the messaging, woof. Um, I but I also like had got got to a space where I was like, this is what like works for them, and this is where they're at, and that's right. And, like I can still celebrate with them, but like the pastor like took the girl from the dad, and then was like her headship, her leadership is going from the dad to the groom in this moment, and I was just like. Oh, okay. That oh. felt really intense to me. Sorry, I mean, what was the intense part? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just kidding. Sorry. You're like, that's what happened at my wedding. <laughs> um, and so that was that's like, it. like, so so we do like when I do officiate weddings, and I don't do as much, but like there's like the whoever hands the bride over. Usually it's like mother and father, right? Or like both parents. But is that type of thing where it's like the headship, like that? Is that pretty common within the weddings you go to, where it's like? You're moving from under the authority of your father to now your husband. I I mean I guess, but I don't think I'd ever heard it said that explicitly. Okay. But I was like, oh, like we're really just saying it, like, like as as if the bride needed was like lost without a some sort of leader or yeah. headship. Well, she was for a little bit, and like the walking transition. Between the two. It just was very, and but I also think the weird part for me was like, is I was like a few years ago, I would have been like that needs to be said at my wedding. Yeah. And that's what's almost like more crazy. Yeah, it's like hearing things that now like make you want to throw up and you're like, I used to like love that. Yes. But also I'd say like being around that group of what's up? Nothing. Okay. Being around the group of <laughs> of people is kind of it was difficult because I do I did kind of feel like the like black sheep or mm-hmm. like everyone was like, Oh, like Emily and then like we all were like praying with the bride beforehand. And yeah, you were. And they were, and they, everyone was like laying hands, because I was the dress fluffer. Okay, mm-hmm. so you were like involved in the wedding. Yes. Um. So we were all praying, and then everyone kind of looked at me, and I was like, "I'm like, I can, I'm good to pray." Like, <laughs> everyone was like, "Oh, is, is it okay if Emily's here?" And I was just like, "Yeah." Can you step out in the hallway for a second? We're gonna pray. <laughs> it was, it was just that kind of thing that is yeah. like not a fun feeling, obviously. Yeah. But and the guy. The guy was there who told my old pastor that you were defrocked. And so that was just like underlying tone. Not about that, but we talked. We just kind of let that under the rug. Mm. Um, Sorry, I didn't come to your defense, I guess. (laughs) What do you want me to say? (laughs) I wanted you to throw hands. (laughs) Um, But so it's like, I think that's important to bring up, though, because there are situations where hanging out with old people, like hanging out with old people. Um, (laughs) You don't mean Dustin. Like I people. always mean Dustin, but um, <laughs> like it can be hard and 
And like I feel like this is a term thrown out, but like I it did feel a little bit like triggering. Like it was yeah. not a great feeling. And so there are unsafe there is safe and unsafe mm. ways to hang out with old friends. I don't wanna like dive super, super deep into this, but uh I do always enjoy our theological conversations when yeah. we go that route. What so when you think about I'm always intrigued by people's understanding, thought, or even caring about a spiritual head of a household mm-hmm. in that regard. Mm-hmm. And so, and like for you, as you like look for a partner and like your develop, like I guess multiple part question, like do you have any sort of like framework on like is there one? Who is it? What does that look like? And as you like look to like find a partner down the road, like is that something that you? as you're looking at people as prospects, do you care about that kind of thing? Whether you're the head or they're the head, like does your spirituality still play into that? I So that's kind of like two maybe questions. That's a really good question. So I, yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good question. And I would say, obviously, I think that, like I think you can find some helpful nuggets in the midst of like what I think is like a pretty messed up theology in a sense that like I do think like, I do think I want someone who has, like, leadership qualities, but I don't want him to think that he's, like, my boss. Yeah. Like, and so, um, and, and like, like spiritual leadership, because I remember that was, like, a huge thing with all, like, my, my girlfriends, you know? Uh-huh. Like, we'd be like, girl, he's great, but is he a spiritual leader? <laughs> you know? Like, we said that all the time. And this one girl was like, he asked a lot of, this was interesting. My one friend was like, I'm talking to this guy and I really like him, but he asks a lot of questions and has some doubts and, like... I just don't know if that's like spiritual leader material. And I and I was like, what if he leads you by the like helpful questions that he's asking and like helps you grow? And she was like, oh, yeah, it doesn't have to just be like him telling me what to think. And I was like, isn't that so cool? <laughs> and so. Was that recently you had that conversation? And this was like. Like three years ago. Okay. So when I was still Presby. That's an interesting take. Would that have been like a divergent take? From... It was kind of edgy. Yeah. I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I'm. <laughs> I was always a little bit edgy. I really hated the idea of, like, emotional purity. And I was like, everyone needs to shut up about that. I've never even heard well, that. Well, because they were like, if you think about it, if you have a crush on a guy and you're thinking about it, oh, and, like, okay. you're thinking about someone else's husband. And it's just like, bro, I can't do that. Yeah. And so, anyway, all that to say, I was a little bit always edgy yeah. in that regard. But I think you want a leader. And I do want someone who, like, can process, like, spiritual things with me. Like, I want someone who... I don't necessarily need to feel led, but I do like to feel like challenged and sharpened by my partner in that area. Does that make sense? Yeah, I. That's very much where I stand. Like the idea of like being, what's the term? So you're not e- Annie's leader. Equally yoked is that the term? Yeah, you're like, you're like walking into something together, right? And like, I think for Annie and I, I think, and she could right into the show, Annie. But I think she would be. <laughs> I think she's, like, maybe more traditional in that regard. Like, she, like, wants to be led, maybe. Okay. But one of the things that we've appreciated, or I've appreciated about our relationship is, like, we're very, I think, co-equals and, like, leading. And that, like, we have, we both have different perspectives and stuff. And so it's, like, if I was leading everything, like, spiritually, I think I'd miss certain things. If she was leading 100% spiritually, she would miss things. And so I think for us, we've attempted to, like, make it a collaboration rather than, like, a... A leader, and because for me, like I, and I don't know if this is exactly what you felt, but like it feels really weird to me, like the husbands or wives submit to your husbands thing. Yeah. And if it's like, 
the way it's been taught because it seems like a very yeah. much like hierarchical thing like you're in charge and you're kind of just along for the ride uh-huh. and i think that's not even if we're using like the image of like jesus and the bride being the church like like i don't even see right that operating in that kind of way if that makes sense like, it's yeah much it, more collaborative 100 percent. but like yeah we don't see jesus in the church as col- like collaborative necessarily and so it's it is like a headship thing and i even i remember i wrote i was like looking through my notes recently like my notes app on my phone and i had written like a while ago i just written like is does being a woman make you less in the image of god if like you image the church and not christ and that just bums me out that that was like a question I had. Yeah. But I really thought that. I was like, yeah, I'm just like a little bit lesser of an image bearer. That's a weird <laughs> thought to have thought. I mean, but I really like, I would have never that. thought about that, right? Right. Like, and, which I think is Because you were just makes... like, I am the image of God. Yeah. Well, when you believe God is a man, right? Like, yep. that's one of the reasons that I like beef hard on like, hint, like and you use, you gender God I way do. more than I do. Uh, and I do too sometimes. <laughs> but... Uh, like I think it's interesting. Like if you, it's all he, him, father, all that stuff, which is all in the Bible. Like I get that. Yeah. But when that's your only thing for it, it's like, well, of course, the man is the ultimate right. authority. The man is the ultimate image, and like the woman is just kind of like. I will say, yeah. I went on a date, and we were talking about God, and this guy used they them like pronouns to talk about God, and I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> like I was like, that was a mate. Like I was like, wow, yeah. you're like really thoughtful about that. Yeah, I referred to the hottest thing he could have said to me. <laughs> I called the Holy Spirit they in an email I sent to someone, and they responded back like really confused about it. Like it was, it was. I won't go into it, but I was. Yeah. It was made me laugh. I was like, oh, like because I was just like, like, well, the Holy Spirit's not a man or woman, so I just said they because it right, was a right. neutral pronoun, and it was very interesting. But Jesus was a man. Spoiler alert: <laughs> He was. So to me, I read this book called I can't believe we're going into this called The Theology of Periods. And I didn't like it. <laughs> I don't know that I would like it either. <laughs> it really made me mad and it kind of made me hate my period even more. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that we're talking about this. This is not going to make it into the recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> but why am I talking about it? Oh, my gosh. This had a definite point. And it was that. What were, you, what were you saying? They, them, pronouns. They, them, pronouns. Oh, oh yeah, and I and she was like, just like know that like Jesus understands your period, and I was like, he doesn't. <laughs> he was a dude, and so that is a particular like pain and frustration that the incarnation didn't like cover, in my opinion, and that's a hard feeling. Yeah, that you didn't think that was where this conversation was going. No. But I think it's an interesting point, and I, you guys are both a little uncomfortable, but I think it's an important point. I'm always pumped when our conversation leads to a perfect title for the episode. So What is the title? Maybe something period-related, for sure. <laughs> Emily's next. <laughs> uh, so, and Flo and Jesus. <laughs> we'll workshop this a little more. Um, also, you named the last episode Pickle, Pickle Shots, Shots with Jesus, but we never talked about Pickle Shots in that episode. 100% true. Okay. I love it. I got mixed up when I was naming him. <laughs> I was, I was like waiting with, for it. I was thinking of the Mountain Union episode. Yeah. And I, it was a mix up, but okay. I ran with it. Uh, so as far as like your check-in uh, to wrap this and wind this down, like is there any like closing thoughts on that before we go into some DMs? I mean, I feel like we honestly hit a lot of thoughts on that, but no, I mean, but I think our the theme of the check-in was friends 
who are still in church? And I would say the answer is yes, maybe if they're cool. Can we talk more about periods? <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> no. What do you want to know? <laughs> well, with that, we're on to. Are you guys tampon ladies or? <laughs> oh, this is taking an unfortunate turn. Um. Okay, so we are going to go into the. Do 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 email corner. <laughs> uh, so and last time I requested the clapping sound and it did get in the episode, so oh, I yeah. now expect that every time. Yeah. Uh, so this one comes from Jordan. <laughs> hey, Jordan. Uh, a while back, actually, on Christmas Eve, this message was sent to us. Sorry, but Jordan. We have messaged back and forth. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I was going back into the archives. So Jordan starts off by saying, "Absolutely love your content." Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Jordan. Love it. So I've been deconstructing my faith for the last six years, and I had friends distance themselves from me, so kind of on par with what we've been talking about. My wife is still a believer, and I have a very unique story about Mm. my path towards deconstruction. Um, And so kind of continues to ask just about some of the stuff about, like, friendships and relationships, spousal stuff, all Mm. that. Like, So I just thought, like, we've talked a little about friends, and I had queued this up before I knew exactly where we were going to go, but, like... I would be interested to hear your thoughts about like the struggles of deconstructing when friends, family, or even those you're dating are not like in the same space you're in. Like what, what has been that? Cause I hear a little bit of that for Jordan, like people are distancing themselves and it sounds like partially that's because, um, partially because they just don't understand what you're going through. They yeah. think it might be a sin. Like I actually just talked on the phone with a guy who found our podcast and attends the well online now, uh, but lives in Florida. And he's kind of had similar situations. Like his family yeah. just doesn't really understand. And so like searching for community can be really, really hard. Um, so I guess, I mean, from you, like what has been your experience and maybe an encouragement for Jordan? It's like, he's trying to navigate some of like the distancing of friends and family through this. I am locked and loaded with an answer for this. I love it. Okay. So here's the issue. <laughs> Is, I'm going to solve this for Jordan real quick. <laughs> but, um, no, I think the problem is, is I do, there's a lot of teaching, at least that I experienced. They say things like, they talk about like, you are, you're closer to um, someone that you've never met who's a Christian than a non, than your like non-Christian best friend. Because like, if you have Christ in common, you have all things in common. And if you don't, like they're going to hell. And then like, you guys can't be that close because you can't have, you can't talk about that. And I really took that to heart. Like, I was like, such a good point. Like, I can have non-Christian acquaintances, but, like, obviously they're not sharpening me. If anything, they're leading me away. And so, and, like, I had a teacher be, like, talk about the equally yoked idea in friendship. And she was like, there is no purpose to have non-Christian friends. Get to know them just enough to share the gospel, but do not let them speak into your lives because then you're not being, like, pushed toward Jesus. That's so interesting. Wild. And I was just like such a good point i mean a lot of people in my life were like i had non-christian friends my junior year of high school and they were like there's literally no purpose for them to be in your life like how are they christian friends were saying that yeah like what how are they like helping you in your walk with god and Mm. i was like i don't know but i really enjoy them and like they challenge me and i like talking to them and we don't always talk about god and that's fine um but i think but all of a sudden that idea or that doctrine becomes super real when you become the like non-christian outsider because all of a sudden like 
all of a sudden you're not in the main group because you your opinion just went down like just skyrocketed down yeah. of like yeah and like you can listen to emily only only so much but she's giving her like answer from the world you yeah. know and so i think with things like that i think that is a really hard feeling and it puts a strain on relationships because you the one changing are like i'm still good with this relationship but yeah i might like i might not be able to like meet you how i used to in that conversation but to them i like you become like someone to witness to instead of a friend and that is like so belittling yeah i was gonna say it has to feel somewhat disheartening because to your average non-believer friend like they probably don't know all the like hey get close but not too close like mm-hmm. but you have like been on both sides now yeah and so it's probably really like painful i know how they talk about me because yeah. i used to talk about people that way right yeah, I think that's an interesting part. It's one of the things I actually appreciate the most about you, the seat you sit in. Mm. Um, I don't love like all the frustration and pain you've had to go through, but you have a really unique concept of everything that's going on because you were the religious zealot and now you're the outsider. Emily's zealot. Ooh, I like that. Uh, <laughs> I could hear that eye roll. Um <laughs> Dustin so, also said off screen, I do enjoy your pain. So yeah. <laughs> that was nice. I think I think it's interesting. And for like Jordan, for you, like for all this, like I think that's a hard place to be in. But also I think that's a really uniquely reformed view of unbelievers. Like as someone that like would say I'm evangelical in the best sense of the word, like I'm friends with people. I want to have more non-Christian friends than I want to have Christian friends. Like if I believe. Why? The, if I believe the good news is that good, I'd want as many people to experience it as possible. That's kind of a shitty thing to say. Why? Because, because to it sounds like you're becoming friends with them just to tell them something. No, I tell all of my friends about Olive and Oak. If they never go to Olive and Oak, that doesn't bother me. But I think it's that great of a restaurant. I'm gonna tell people about it for sure, for sure. But but you said I want to have more non-Christian friends because I want to tell people about the good news because i believe it's that good uh, so you're I'll, making you don't make friends to tell them about olive and oak but i will tell them about olive and oak great friends absolutely great but to say i'm gonna look for friends who haven't gone to olive and oak just so i can tell them about it is kind of sketchy but you've probably done that too with a movie right i've found friends like hey have you seen this like no all right i'm gonna go find someone that hasn't seen this to tell. like we do the things we care about for we sure care enough about them we want them to know about them i don't think it's shitty I, I feel like that was an extreme word and I apologize, but I do I think I think the intent of making a friend to to in order to tell them is sketchy versus like you have non-Christian friends and absolutely you tell them what matters to you. Yeah. I, Does that cause make sense a little bit? I'm with you. I think it's a little bit semantics. Like I think Yeah, like, but that was my main issue. With yeah. It. I think like if you're A, I think non-Christian people are generally more fun than Christian absolutely. people. Absolutely. Uh, Did you say more fun? More fun, yeah. But I also think, like, really, like, I – and this is where you and I still, like, don't fully line up a little bit. Like, I do care a lot about what I believe to the point, like, I want people to know about it. Yeah. And so, like, I'm not – like, I don't see evangelizing as a deeply harmful thing. I don't either. Oh, good. (laughs) But – because I think we evangelize everything we do. And C.S. Lewis says, the enjoyment isn't complete until it is expressed. I think part of enjoying something is telling other people. 
I think it, he, he calls what it the saying? consummation of enjoyment. But you're not hearing me because what I'm saying, though, is I don't make friends in order to tell them about I'm that I'm hearing stuff. what you're saying. I think you took a very small part of what I, I said. I agree. And you made that the point of what I was saying. Yes. Yeah. But I, I do think it's actually like a, a significant point. I think it's right. I think that's true. But I also think like your friends that from your pre like would they have made friends with people like they wouldn't even made friends with people though, right? Like well, it would have been like we would have been close enough acquaintances where I could speak into their life, but they couldn't speak into my life, right? I mean, for sure. And we had to have we had to fill out a, a spreadsheet of what non Christians we were meeting with. That <laughs> Every week, the non-Christians that we were just generally pursuing, and then the non-Christians that we were sharing the gospel with. And I really hated that spreadsheet, and it really stressed me out. And I was in class, and I had to, like, look for people after class. Because they were like, you'll find them if you stay, like, two minutes after class. So I just had to stop and be like, hey, do you like the lecture? Like, I was like, what do you think is true about the world? Like, it was very, so much pressure. That's really so that it maybe that's where some of my sensitivity came from because to me that was looking for yeah, people I get just that. for that purpose and I think that I do think that's shitty. Yeah, because they I, were there. I I pursued relationship with them so that I had a name on the spreadsheet because it got checked every week and we had to talk about each thing we put in the spreadsheet. Yeah, I get that. That you were in a cult. Yeah, that sounds pretty culty. Uh, <laughs> sounds like you were selling Advocare, like you were. And it's amazing that I'm so normal. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty normal. Um, all right. Well, Joel, no, Jordan, thank you for uh, – Joel is who I talked to on the phone. Joel, shout out to you. Uh, thanks for the DM, though. Uh, so let's wrap it up. I think we're getting close. So why don't we move into recommendations? Do you have any recommendations of things you're consuming at the moment? Consuming? Um, I haven't recommended this yet, um, but I just think it's really important. Uh Actually, I take it. I'm changing my mind. Um, I'm going to tell you what I'm reading right now, and I've Love just, it. I've kind of just started it because, but I really liked it. But um, I'm I just started Rabbit, the book by Miss Pat, the comedian, mm-hmm. and it's kind of her story about like growing up in the hood and like all that. And I mean, it's like heartbreaking, and then there are like funny moments. But I'm I'm currently reading that, and just it's very, it's just very, very good and very powerful. So I'd highly recommend. Okay. Um, another thing I'd recommend is the show Big Mouth, which I think is kind of funny. But I think it's really all my students when I talk about Big Mouth, they're like, "Miss Dale watches Big Mouth. Like that is so inappropriate." They don't say inappropriate. <laughs> they don't use that word. But um, but I think it's so deep because it processes the voices that are in your head as yeah. you're like going navigating life. So in therapy, I rewrote stories from my life as big mouth scenes and tried to like name the voices. So I think it can be really deep and profound, even though it's kind of like a funny, jokey, yeah, inappropriate show. Those are my recommendations. I've heard good things about it. I've actually not watched it yet. I freaking love it. Okay. Yeah. Your turn. Uh so I'm going to recommend this, but I haven't cracked it open again yet. Uh, but I've read it before. I'm rereading it. Okay. Uh, but I went through like my bookshelf in my uh-huh. uh, basement, and I was like, "What's a book like that was really formative for me in my understanding of like faith and God and all this?" And let's reread it and see what I think. Uh, and so I'm rereading uh, the Screw Tape Letters. Oh yeah. Uh, and which follows the story of two like demons, right? Wormwood and Screw Tape. One's mm-hmm. I think Screw Tape's the uncle, the older one, right? 
Wormwood's yes. the the underling. So I'm really interested to read it. Uh, I like I read it when I was like a teenager. Yeah, it was like one of the first. It's not like a theological book, but like Christian fiction with yeah. like heavy theological undertones book that I ever read. Uh, and so I'm really interested to reread it to be like, do I think this is whack? Do I think it's really mm. good? Um, and also C.S. Lewis is just like a really brilliant writer. And so I'm excited to like dive in. So uh, Screwtape Letters, that's my recommendation. There are moments in Screwtape Letters that I think of at the worst times because <laughs> because like it were really convicting. And there's a there's a line in Screwtape Letters that I think about every time in an argument. And it, it says it, it says so they're talking about the the patient is like who they're trying to like get to the yeah, yeah. the dark side. And so, and what they say is they said, make the, if when the patient's in an argument, make it impossible for them to see that they could have any possible fault in the disagreement. And I, I remember I read, I read Screwtape Letters when I was 12. Yeah. And I remember reading that and being like, whoa, because we totally do that in disagreements. Yeah. I, my record, and that's again, I want to like read it again and see. And so maybe the next episode i'll be able to check in on it but yeah um what i found to be really brilliant is it's like it's written with such like passion is my like Mm. recollection of like as if this is like with as much passion as like a really evangelical christian has is like what screw tape has in this letter like being like this is what's right this is what to do like this is the gospel truth according to like a demon and i just thought it was really interesting yeah like the the passion of evangelizing like trying to drag people to hell which i think is really interesting oh yeah absolutely so i'm interested to read it like and see like how my because it's very like afterlifey um so but i'm like i have a bunch of old c.s lewis books that i like read and i think i'm gonna like go on a c.s lewis binge you should Uh, great divorce i don't think i've ever read that one mere christianity was one i was gonna read next i never read mere christianity um, it's probably why i lost my faith Um, (laughs) great divorce is fantastic i highly recommend it Maybe I, remind me what that one's about. Um, it's like this bus from hell to heaven. Oh, okay. But it's so deep and mm. I don't know if I, yeah I'll see if I have that one on my show. They're like Maybe in heaven and and they're walking on the grass and the grass is hurting their feet because it's too real. Yeah, I remember you talking about this. Mm. Well, yeah, I'm excited about this. So I was working at Six Flags and I would read it in the car before going to work and then I was just like, <laughs> just wiping into Six Flags. Work the water slide, Zell. Stop crying. <laughs> Uh, I I this is I'm I'm on a Six Flags stick now. We had to we had to use clear bags, and also I worked at the old time photo studio. People didn't really go there that much, and so I read a lot that summer. And I was and so the the security guys started like commenting on my books because they were just like the nerdiest things ever. And one time I was with my clear bag, and I was reading a book called The Decline of the Secular University, <laughs> and he was just like, "What in the world?" And it was. One of my favorite moments. That's pretty funny. Um, all right, Emily Zell. That send us out of here with some words of encouragement. Words of encouragement. Um have friends that are different than you. But also like make sure that they're not like just terrible to be around and sucking your mental health dry. It's it's all about balance. It's all about balance. Boundaries, um, margin. Boundaries, margin, all that. Um, and with that being said, embrace the journey.